Good morning, world. Welcome to the first episode of 2022 for Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I truly hope you enjoy this episode. And before we get into the episode, we're going to have a brief word from our sponsor. Hello, it is Independently Minded, aka the biggest piece of Chinese state-affiliated media. This is the new episode, the very first episode of Independently Minded for 2022, but most importantly, the very first episode where I'm free from the reins and the grimy hands of the fascist anti-vax western civilization pigs. <laughs> you might be wondering why I'm wearing this beanie. It is to hide the receding hairline that I have. You also might be wondering why I'm wearing... Why my voice is so muffled. The reason is because I'm wearing six masks. Because pieces of shit like Anthony Fauci and the CDC and that news anchor bitch, pardon my language, might have said that wearing two masks is double effective. But I'm wearing six to eight masks. I'm not sure. Depends on how quickly I pass out. I'm doing that because I'm a real hero. And I stand for the CCP and China state-affiliated media. My new partner has gifted me a lot of gifts. If you saw in my intro video, I have this really nice Louis V the 16th, uh, or whatever, watch. He gifted me this amazing sword. You might recognize it from Game of Thrones. But it's not from Game of Thrones. It's actually, was, it was handmade for me to protect myself and arm myself against fascist pigs and I also got this Versace bag this is a legit Versace bag that was gifted to me by my new employers my new employers are giving me an, uh, an endless amount of money for my budget they've invested an, un an untold amount of money into my podcast because they've talked about how I can single-handedly take down the West and dismantle the nuclear Western family they also promised me Please forgive me for that interruption. The former fascist in me made a mistake, and I lied, and my employers wanted to make sure that I only spoke the truth, because they have invested so much money in me. And as a punishment, I was gifted a the 16th booster shot. Um, the only known side effect is a good side effect, and it's a side effect in which the person who gets it immediately receives and feels the urge to overthrow the government and overthrow Western civilization. Back to the episode and the task at hand. Seriously though guys, in all seriousness, uh, I really gotta take this off. It's getting rough. My ears are messed up now. Um, yeah, in all seriousness... Welcome, welcome back to the podcast. It's your boy, Zendependently Minded. Ugh. It's 2022. How's everybody doing? I hope you're doing good. I'm doing great. I'm super excited. Super, super excited for this year. Before we get into the episode, obviously I want to announce some of the the changes and the exciting new endeavors I wouldn't say endeavors, but the exciting new projects I have related to the podcast that are coming in this year. Um, starting with this episode, 
video, the full video podcast is no longer going to be available on YouTube for two reasons. One, because I'm shadow banned. Two, because I'm going to put it on Patreon. I know I've wanted to do something with Patreon, but I just couldn't understand. I couldn't figure out what exactly I could put out because I didn't want to do two podcasts. I, you know, I, I blow my load on this podcast episode as it is. So I feel like it's going to be impossible to try to do two episodes a week. I know some people do it. A lot of those people, they do it because they have like a, a producer, but I do everything by myself. So from now on, the starting with this episode, the video podcast is only going to be on Patreon. Most of my audience listens to the podcast, um, just the audio. So I don't think this is going to hurt anybody. Um, if you can't, if you can't afford the Patreon, you don't want to donate to the Patreon. You don't want to join it. You don't want to become a member, whatever. That's not a big deal. Continue to listen to the podcast audio only. And I'm also going to advertise the video podcast and the Patreon through TikToks and YouTube shorts. So that's going to be coming for this episode. I'm going to have my work cut out for me after this episode, but obviously there's quite a bit to talk about. Um, well, before before we get to that, I hope you guys enjoyed your Christmas. Actually, no. Christmas is a Nazi holiday, and I'll explain why. Christmas is a Nazi holiday because it is celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, who was unvaccinated. Therefore, it is a Nazi holiday. So we don't celebrate Christmas around here. Hope you had a great pagan Yule tide bullshit, whatever the fuck. Really, though, I had a great Christmas, spent time with my family. Hope you guys had a great Christmas or Hanukkah or just holiday, whatever whatever it is that you enjoy. I hope you, whatever you spent, you celebrated or didn't celebrate, I hope you enjoyed it all the same. So there's quite a bit of news, quite a bit of notes that I have. This is going to be a very fun podcast. I'm really looking forward to the things that I'm going to be talking about. Um, but before I start, I have, I'm going to address a criticism that I've gotten just on my personality as a person and also my podcast and my personality that I put on for the podcast. Anybody who knows me knows that this is how I am in real life. <laughs> I've always been emotionally charged. I've always had knee-jerk emotional reactions to things. Um, I've, I've always had no filter. I've always been the kind of person... Hold on, I see my audio is getting a little loud. Let's turn that down just a tad. Um... Anybody who knows me knows that I've I've always had no filter when it comes to people, when I'm hanging out with people that I'm comfortable with. Obviously, I'm not an idiot. I know when to put on a filter and how to act around people. I know my audience. But I've been told that I'm too emotional and... Uh, yeah, I get I'm you know, I get too charged up, I get too embedded in what's going on and I get too upset about things. Um in real life and for the podcast. And to those people, I have this to say. Okay? You ready for this? That's the fucking point. That's the point. That's the point of this podcast. Like I said, I'm not going to change who I am for the podcast. Maybe I'm going to watch what I say a little more for what um uh, you know, reasons that I've decided to come and I've come to the conclusion for myself. But that's the fucking point of the podcast. That's the entire point of the podcast. No 
media personality, podcaster, entertainer, whatever the fuck, fill in the blank, has ever, ever, ever succeeded by being like this. Hey guys, newest episode. I wanted to talk about Andrew Cuomo and he has to relinquish 5.1 million no one ever gave a fuck about a person like that this is who i am i'm gonna be myself i don't have the energy to put on a, a fake personality for the podcast this is who i am this is how i'm gonna continue to be so that's that fuck all the people that have criticized me actually let me rephrase that thank you for the criticism thank you for giving me more to talk about to make this podcast longer so i can make more money on addressing it now that that's out of the way one more thing before we actually get into the news this watch that I got is not a gift from the CCP. It's a watch that I gifted myself for Christmas last year. Um, the Versace bag. For some reason, when me and my fiance went to go buy our wedding bands, the jeweler was like, hey, uh, this Versace bag is too feminine for me, so you can have it. She gave it to us for free, and I was like, cool. At first, I was like, is this a test? Am I going to get in trouble for stealing? Is there drugs in here or something? But no, there's no, there's no drugs in there that I know of. Um, and the sword I got because I'm rewatching Game of Thrones with my fiance and I've always wanted to have a cool sword. So I got one. And between you and me, when I tossed the sword back on the bed behind me, uh, it stabbed the blanket. So yeah, that's awkward. First bit of news that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I think that's everything. I think I got everything important out of the way. Um, oh yeah, I created a getter account. Call me cringe, call me right-wing, whatever the fuck. Um, but I'm not going to stop talking about COVID. I'm not going to stop talking about the horrible response that the world governments have had pertaining to the pandemic. I'm not going to stop talking about Robert Malone. I'm going to get into that later. I'm not going to stop talking about scientists like Peter McCullough and doctors. Like, amongst the 16,000 doctors that are part of the national... I want to say the uh, global COVID COVID summit. Sixteen thousand doctors are not all compromised right wing Nazi, anti-vax quacks, as some people that I know might say. Um, so that all being said, there's a chance that I get suppressed. I'm already shadow banned on every platform that I'm on. Um, some of them worse than others, but as I continue to talk about things that might be verboten. I need to have a backup plan and a backup social media site so I'm not completely silenced if I'm ever deplatformed from Spotify, Google, whoever the fuck. Um, so I created a Getter account. That's G-E-T-T-R. And I believe my username is just independently minded. So follow me on there if you want or not. Don't care. First episode. First, first episode. It's the freaking anti-vax rhetoric. It's getting to my brain. I'm having strokes. First thing I wanted to talk about is the backdrop. Obviously, this is a kind of older um, story, but I put it in my notes and I still wanted to talk about it briefly. So, you guys know Andrew Cuomo. He's my favorite Italian uncle. He's my favorite governor, former governor, and he's being ordered to relinquish $5.1 million in book sales. So, if you guys don't know... Andrew Cuomo wrote and released a book that was really popular, and it was called Leadership Lessons from the COVID-19 Pandemic. Um, if you guys remember, Andrew Cuomo was, the, his response and his, his, his powerful hand of God 
approach to mask mandates, vaccine mandates, the treatment of healthcare workers and people who don't wear their masks in public and the punishments and the rounding up of the Jews that were not allowed to, I think that might have been uh, de Blasio, but I bet you uh, Andrew Cuomo had a hand in it, but the rounding up of the Jews and telling them that they could, they could not worship in the synagogues whilst letting Black Lives Matter protests that were super spreader events, if I've ever seen one, rally in the streets. I mean, come on. I, I said it before. The amount of praise that he was getting from the mainstream media was very suspicious, very fishy, and I felt like there was more to it. I ended up being right. I've been calling for this guy to be removed as governor for a long time. He's a piece of garbage, one of the worst, lowest scum, bad human beings, to be in power in government across the entire planet. And it wasn't the murdering, it wasn't the the, the putting of the, the old people in the homes that got COVID, and that that ended up leading to more more elderly deaths than necessary <laughs> not necessary than that it could have been prevented but andrew cuomo had the elderly stuffed into homes together that had covid uh effectively wiping out a lot of the elderly population um uh what was i trying to get at yeah it wasn't that it wasn't that. It wasn't the corruption that led to this big book signing where he made billions of dollars. That wasn't what got him. It was the it was sexual harassment claims, which are also horrible. And I'm glad that at least one of those things took him down. It also took his brother down, which I addressed in the past. And he also had to pay back $5.1 million in book sales. And the last thing I'm going to say about this is I hope you guys got a hand on this book because maybe it'll be banned maybe it'll be um it'll it, it'll be on like a band sorry i'm tweaking my audio i'm trying to make sure that when i get loud it doesn't go into the red so just bear with me should have done this before but it's been a busy day anyway i'm glad that andrew cuomo was taken down i'm glad that he had to pay back the money for the books oh yeah and then also if the if the book gets like taken off shelves or whatever it could become rare in the future so maybe i'll i'll get one off amazon i don't know I'm not, i don't know what i'm talking about it could be readily available but i'm just i'm just gonna get one on my uh, in my hands and then i'll pass it down in 50 years when the cuomos don't exist anymore or they at least don't exist in in offices of of uh public public representatives so next thing i want to talk about Nicholas Sandman, ya boy, let me pull him up so you guys can remember him. Ooh, he's got two N's, what a crazy, that just shows how racist he is. The two N's probably stand for Nazi and then N-word hater, or something like that. <laughs> Not really though. So this guy, you guys all remember, biggest crime that he committed was that he kind of had a, a punchable face, but that's it. Um... Uh, let me give you a little backstory. So Nicholas Sandman went to, I believe, it was a pro-life rally, or it was the um, it was a demonstration. He went to to show his support for the the Keystone Pipeline. It was one or the other. I don't remember, but it's definitely one of those. Maybe it says. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't say. But anyway 
This famous picture was released to the internet, uh, Occupy Democrats, uh, The Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, all of the lamestream media talked about how this face, this is the face of white nationalism, this is the face of racism, he's smirking in the face of, he got in the face of this, this poor, innocent soul, this Native American who's just playing some tribal song, beating, beating a drum in his hand, and he had to get in his face and surround him with all his, his MAGA cronies, uh, and he's a, the, 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 the face of white supremacy, the face of Nazism, the face of white nationalism, whatever, insert the buzz term that makes cucks two-inch penises hard, um, he, that ended up not being the case, he stood there, he smirked, the guy got in his face beating the drum, um, the, the Native American that's in the picture, his name was Nathan something, he ended up, it, it came out that he was, like, banned from some, whatever Native American society he was a part of, they said he was, like, from what I remember, they, they basically described him to be a grifter, piece of shit, alcoholic, lazy bum, and he didn't represent their committee and their group, and he didn't, they, they didn't support him and his actions, and then Nicholas Sandman actually ended up going after NBC and CNN and Washington Post. And the first group that he settled with, massive lawsuit, got a big payday for him and his lawyer, was CNN. And that was great. Y'all remember that. But recently, he also settled with NBC and Washington Post. So I think he settled with Washington Post after, and then he settled with NBC. And nothing has made me happier than seeing the repeated circular firing squad that is the lamestream media. All of them. I've I've demonized and talked about all of them because they're all shit in their own way. But nothing makes me happier than seeing the lamestream media attack people like actual independent um, media figures like Tim Dillon. Joe Rogan, I guess you could call him independent. He is backed by Spotify. But he hasn't changed. Um, there's a couple episodes that got removed from Spotify. I don't think it's a big deal. There's like 15,000 episodes or 1,500 episodes that were filmed. That's topic for another discussion. But when people attack individual media personalities and they shadow ban people like me, who is a nobody that has a small podcast that's making crazy ass videos in the spare bedroom of my apartment, um, low quality shit. I don't even really write scripts. I, I started to write a script for today's episode. You'll see why when you see the YouTube shorts. There are a couple skits that I filmed, if you would even call them that. When they do that, by, by misinforming, disinforming, or just blatantly lying and misleading their audiences to attack these individual media companies, they get what they deserve. It backfires on them. It's continuing to backfire. And it's about fucking time that the lamestream media gets held responsible and they learn through settlements like this, that it's not okay to lie. It's not okay to mis, dis, mis and disinform and blatantly mislead and lie to their audience. Their audiences are continuing to dwindle. They dwindle even further because of settlements like this. They dwindle even further when they attack individual independent media personalities and podcasters and content creators. And I hope that they continue to until they almost don't exist. The sad thing with CNN and Fox and all those lamestream media corporations is they're huge media conglomerates, and they don't just get their money from the news. They are usually they usually have a bunch of other 
smaller, um, not, I wouldn't say, I'm not saying small as in it's, it's useless. It's definitely not, but, um, they have smaller endeavors and smaller projects that fund their bullshit. Like Fox, Fox has TV shows, they have movies, uh, they have this, they have sports, CNN, they also report on sports sometimes, they have whoever is owned by CNN, um, remember that time a couple episodes back when I talked about Amazon and all the insanely, um, spread out and diverse other little projects and companies that they own that they make money from, like, uh, I want to say the book depository. Uh, they provide web services, which is like the cloud, the cloud program or the cloud. Yeah, basically the cloud service that Netflix uses, um, and a lot of other, I think Amazon prime of course uses that that's where they make most of their money. Actually, I believe I would assume they make most, if not a, a significant chunk of their money from the web services that they provide. And then of course the insane amount of people who have prime memberships and that shop with Amazon. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. I'm glad to see this news. This this does put a smile on my face, as as my hero Thanos would say. Moving on. I'm out here trusting the science, okay? The Pfizer CEO announced a couple weeks ago when the booster shots were really becoming readily available for the United States and for um for countries in Europe he was saying we are going to need a fourth shot because the omicron's here um the booster is probably not going to be able to arm the human body against omicron then it turned out omicron was as jimmy dore said born to be mild we only recently just had the first death related to Omicron. It's more contagious, but it's also the symptoms are more mild for the most part. It doesn't mean it's not dangerous, but it means it's less dangerous. Um, the response to the Omicron has been pathetic. Um, it's the most mild variant that I know of, if, if my education, if my information is correct. It's the most mild variant we've had. And if we follow the trajectory of most viruses variants that spawn for the most part are milder and milder until the point to where the virus becomes endemic that's what happened with the flu flu still kills people coronavirus will still kill people that is a risk that people need to acknowledge they need to be taught and needs to not be suppressed but obviously they're not being told it's being hidden and it's actively being suppressed and just completely deplatformed so people aren't actually being informed. Informed consent is a big deal, and that's I'm, I'm going to get into a little bit of that later. But now that another piece of news that's related to this, let me scroll down and find the actual. Hmm. Oh no. Yeah. Whatever. Um. The New York Times published an article. And the headline said, some scientists warn that too many shots might actually harm the body's ability to fight COVID-19 virus. Let me actually pull up, see if I can pull up this article for you guys. Um, 
let's see, the one that I actually read... Oh, here, here we go. This is the exact site that I, this is the exact one that I read. So here we go. Fuck that cookie bullshit. Reject you. Some scientists warn that too many shots might actually harm the body's ability to fight the COVID-19 virus, but Israeli experts say there isn't time to wait. So, my opinion on this. One, I've talked about this in the past. Two, I'm not the only one who's talked about this in the past. Three, I don't believe that there shouldn't be a fourth shot. I don't believe there shouldn't be a booster. I believe it should be reserved. As with all of the vaccines, every single shot, booster or original dose, should be reserved for those who need it most. As with the flu. The flu, there is exceptions. There are people who take the flu shot every year because they're required to for their job. Military, teachers, depending on the state, students have to get the flu shot. Also, the people who need to get the flu vaccine also get it. That is exactly how COVID should be. I'm not going to sit here and say that it should be like that now. I don't want to get in trouble, but you guys can listen to my other podcasts and you can probably gather my opinion on that. Eventually, though, eventually the COVID vaccine and all its boosters and whatnot should be reserved and only used for those who need it. The main reason for that is because I've talked about it in the past. It's been it's been defined and it's been explained by people who are actually credentialed to talk about stuff like this. Robert Malone, Peter McCullough, people that are immunologists, uh, virologists, vaccinologists, cardiologists, people that understand this stuff better than I do have explained it. So they're, they're their words, not mine. They've explained, Robert Malone explained on that Jimmy Dore podcast, I shared the I shared the clip as much as I could. When you vaccinate the entire population or the majority of the population, it pushes and encourages and ends up spawning variants that are immune to the vaccine. And that is probably the main reason it, okay, let me phrase this smartly. Vaccines are going to evolve. I mean, uh, viruses are going to evolve naturally. That's what they do. Whether it's because of climate, herd immunity, whatever. Viruses are going to, they're going to evolve. But when there are massive amounts of the population that are vaccinated, it speeds up the process. And that's why we've gotten like four or five variants in the span of less than two years. That's what's happening. That's what I think is happening. Um, the science backs me up. The real science. The science that isn't skewed. The science that isn't misleading. And the science that isn't being suppressed. Trust the science, guys. It literally says it right here. Some scientists warn that too many shots might actually harm the body's ability to fight COVID-19 virus. And then it says, Israeli experts say there isn't time to wait. And they may be right. It isn't time to wait for those who need it most. Not everybody. They're on their second fucking booster, which blows my mind. Um, most places are on their third booster. They're mandating, I mean, they're mandating the first booster, third dose. My only question is, uh, someone actually asked me, because I shared this with, uh, with a friend of mine. He said, who are the Israeli experts? And I joked with him that it was the uh, Pfizer representative out of Israel. And I'm probably right. But come on, guys. Trust the science. It's right here. 
this is science. I'm trusting the science and not the Pfizer CEO, who, by the way, should be punished for, he should be punished, but he's not going to be punished because I think all of the vaccines, definitely Pfizer, they have liability protection with the government. So if anybody you know is to take get permanent damage because of the vaccine that they got, or they die, God forbid, there's nothing that can be done to punish or to get, what do you call it? Severance. There's no severance package you're going to get from the, from the companies. And that's one of the main reasons why OSHA, who anybody who is, who claims to be a leftist or anybody who claims to be in support of individual freedom, workers' freedom, if you're a part of a union, but then you also support vaccine mandates, it's kind of an oxymoron. And OSHA is supposed to stand for human protection, health, and safety for workers. And last I checked, the OSHA the OSHA suspension on the vaccine mandate is still in place. But of course, there are workarounds for the companies, depending on who they are, depending on what state you're in, depending on what city you're in, depending on your occupation. So yeah, I've said this many times in the past. This is not going to be the last time I'm going to bring it up. I always say this is the last time I'm talking about it, but um, this isn't actually the last time I'm going to talk about it, probably. Just looking at my history, my track record. I am not telling you whether or not to get vaccinated. I'm not telling you whether or not to get your children vaccinated. I've never said that. I've only gone off the data, the reports, as unbiased as I can be. Listen, I have siblings. I have younger siblings. If I was biased, if I was if I was being completely biased as a lot of people have said that I am, I would tell you to get all your kids vaccinated because from what the media is saying, the, the Omicron could kill kids. The, the Lambda variant could kill kids. It killed millions of kids every second when in fact kids are the lowest, they have the lowest death rate for all the age groups. And those that have died, overwhelming majority, like super overwhelming majority of them had pre-existing conditions, weak immune systems. Um, they had another sickness that COVID ended up, ended up making even worse, or they were morbidly obese or all of the above. That all being said, I have never, ever, ever encouraged or discouraged someone to get the vaccine. Someone that is close to me that I've talked about in the past asked me, what I thought, what my opinion was, because they value my opinion, which by the way, I pride myself in being as unbiased and as fair as possible because I have people that don't pay attention to this shit the way that I do. And they value my opinion and they use it to shape their decision on things that they make on life decisions. And someone close to me asked me if I thought they should get the booster and I told him yes. So anybody who's called me an anti-vaxxer, bruh, I'm literally the worst anti-vaxxer ever. I've gotten, I told you, I've, I've made it public before, my status, I've gotten vaccinated. I have told people close to me, when they asked me my real, unfiltered, unbiased opinion, I've told them that they should get vaccinated um, for reasons that are private, obviously. So I'm the worst fucking anti-vaxxer on the entire planet. Anyway, I pride myself in being accurate and being in being consistent with my beliefs and my ideologies and 
I try to mind my own business. And part of minding my own business is reinforcing my belief that one, vaccine mandates are unconstitutional. They go against the the Nuremberg Code. They that's just my opinion. Uh, and also they invade your the privacy and the freedom that you have to make decisions pertaining to your health on your own. Why is it that we can choose, we as in Americans specifically, and also, you know, places where there are cars, for example, why can I choose to get into a car that puts myself at risk and puts other people at risk far worse than COVID? Why? Because it's a risk that I'm deciding to take. It's a risk that I'm choosing to take. I know the statistics. I know the chances of me getting into a car accident that permanently damages me or kills me and can do the same to other people. I acknowledge the risk. Informed consent. That might be a a weak example, but that's the best example I can think of. I firmly believe that people should have the choice to take or not to take a medical procedure or product or vaccine, whatever, fill in the blank. They have the choice to take it or not take it. And it's been very clear especially seeing the new cut in half and then possibly back up to to normal quarantine days uh, for asymptomatic positive tests um, that Fauci ended up kind of going back on. He said that there's possibility that they're going to go back on that choice, that decision, because people are like, what the fuck, man? A lot of people lost their livelihoods. A lot of people lost out on 10 days worth of work because of false positives, because apparently... PCR tests can show that you're positive up to 90 days after you've actually gotten COVID. So a lot of people, their livelihoods were taken away. Not that the government gives a shit. Um, They're not using science to make their decisions. It's been blatantly clear. Here's a good example, okay? okay? Before I get too veered off, I'll talk about the example in a second. It's not... Let me think of the right way to say this. Vaccine hesitancy is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not. People have the right, the God-given, American-given, whatever the fuck country they're from given, and guaranteed right to make decisions on their own. And informed consent is a serious, it's a seriously ethical practice and belief. The data, the reports, um the statistics on the negative side of the vaccines and the positive sides of COVID. Um, Not that COVID is a positive thing, but what I'm trying to say is they only tell you about how many cases there are. They only report on the mainstream media and across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, probably fucking TikTok. I'm going to learn here soon. They only report, they, they, they they mislead you with 500,000 COVID cases in America. 60,000, whatever, whatever, fill in the blank. And then it causes people to get scared and they think, oh shit, I got to get the vaccine. And then I have to wear my mask. I got to get vaccinated so I can protect other people. And then we find out that's actually not the case. Getting vaccinated prevents the spread of COVID only a tiny bit. And the, the, the tiny bit that it not the t- not a tiny bit. It doesn't fully prevent you from spreading COVID. It's not possible. It sits in your nasal cavity, sits in your 
sits in the mucus, sits in uh, in your throat, in the back of your nose, in your in your spit possibly. There is no vaccine that can that can take that threat away. The only way that the vaccine actually prevents the spread is because it reduces symptoms. That's proven. That's a fact. That's one of the great things about the vaccine. It reduces the symptoms. So if I got vaccinated and I get COVID and it successfully reduces my symptoms, I'm not going to be coughing as much, not going to be sneezing as much, not going to be puking, not going to be whatever, whatever, whatever of those symptoms could amplify the spread and the effectiveness of the spread of, of COVID. That's the only way that the vaccine actually helps prevent COVID. So the fact that they're telling you, oh, hey, you can't get on a plane unless you're vaccinated or you have a negative test. But if the vaccine doesn't prevent transmission, shouldn't you just be making everybody get it, provide a negative test to prove that they don't have COVID? It just goes to show they're not using science for these decisions. And the same goes for public transportation, for especially for where I'm living. You cannot get on a train. You cannot get on a plane. You cannot use a taxi service. Um, and you can't sit in a restaurant unless you are, one, fully vaccinated or you have a negative test, which doesn't make sense. There are a million people that could be going in and out of the trains, taxi systems, and plane systems that are spreading COVID and bringing it to, to other places because they're not asking those people to provide a negative test. I don't think that they should have to provide a negative test. Um, and the reasoning for that is circling back, informed consent, knowing the risk. The problem is, the main problem right now is people, the, the data that people should know about when it comes to the risk for vaccines, while minimal, still exists. That's part of informed consent. That's part of, I believe, a responsibility that these doctors and employers and anybody who's forcing and mandating a vaccine, it is their ethical, moral responsibility and duty to inform those that they are forcing to get, um, forcing a product on. It is their responsible, it's their responsibility, their moral and ethical duty to inform them of the inherent risks as well as the pros. Because you, they'll tell you the pros. Only... They're only, it depends, it's not a, it should be a, a completely across the board thing. I've been lucky enough to, when I went to go get the vaccine, there, there is actual data, there, there's an actual doctor who's not fucking on Pfizer's payroll that lets you know, hey, there's a chance this happens, these are common side effects, these are rare side effects, and whatever, whatever. So we've heard about myocarditis, we've, we've heard about the possibility of spike protein, constantly stacking if you're getting shots every three to six months there is no long-term data but peter mccullough talked about how he believes and you know like i said he has the credentials he's been balls deep in this in uh focusing on treatments to save people because for some reason treatments are being suppressed uh being regulated i've talked about that in the past i'm not sure maybe i'll get into it again he's talked about how he believes, just based of, based off the short-term data that he's been looking at, that spike proteins stay in the body for a year. And if you're getting a, a vaccine every three to six months, the spike protein is going to continue to stack, and it's going to increase the chances of 
it's going to amplify the risk that might be very small and make it even bigger and even stronger. That all plays into my belief, informed consent. You have the responsibility if you're going to mandate a vaccine or if you're going to mandate anything, you need to inform the population of the inherent risks, whether they're tiny, whether there's been one case or one million cases, they need to know the risks involved, the potential risks involved, as well as the potential positives and the benefits. That's all I believe. It's not an unnecessary stance. It's not an illogical stance. It's not a piece of shit anti-vax stance. Like I said, if I'm anti-vax, I'm the worst anti-vaxxer on the entire planet. That's all I believe. All I believe is that if you're going to mandate something, you have the responsibility to inform the people you are mandating to take the product or whatever it is or the service. You have the responsibility to tell them and inform them of the inherent potential risks and benefits. That's not being done on two different fronts. One, people are just straight up not being told. They're just they're just told, oh, you need to get this or you're going to lose your job, which is also uh, false, which is also a lie. You getting your vaccine, you getting your booster is not guaranteeing that you keep your job. It's guaranteeing you, they guarantee, guaranteeing you that, you're, that you get to keep your job for three months or six months or nine months or 12 months, whatever it is for you. It depends on your country. I know Denmark considers you fully vaccinated if your last dose is... 12 months or um, 12 months or up to, I don't know why I keep spacing. Um, hold on. 12 months or newer. Where I'm living, you're only considered fully vaccinated if your dose is three months or newer. So it depends on where you're living. Mixing it up, I got some coffee and some water. So, it is only guaranteeing that you have a job for three months, six months, nine months, 12 months, depending on the rules of your country. Um, so yeah, stop saying, oh, I got vaccinated to keep my job. You're not. You're not. Your job can fire you tomorrow. Your job can fire you in three months when you decide, you know what? I don't want to get my sixth shot. I don't want to get my second booster, my third booster. So, you got those shots in vain. Not like I said. Disclaimer, I'm not discouraging or encouraging anybody to get vaccinated. I'm only encouraging people to stay informed because you have, I'm going to get into this a little bit. This is another argument that I'm going to talk about later in the episode. You have your own duty as an individual to make sure that what, that the research you're taking in, the information you're taking in, the products that you're taking, the services that you're utilizing, you also have the individual duty to do that, to do your due diligence, um, you can't rely on other people to do it for you. But if you're going to, if the media is going to continue to suppress data that doesn't fit their narrative, that doesn't make Pfizer money, doesn't give the politicians kickback, allegedly, this is all allegedly, then if you're not going to make that data and that information publicly available, which it should be, Freedom of Information Act, then you have another uh, like a double responsibility to inform people you are mandating to take something 
of the inherent risks, potential risks, and potential benefits. So you not only should just from a moral standpoint, but also from a legal standpoint. But like I've talked about, liability protection, they're all protected. There's nothing that we can do currently if something is to happen to us that's bad because of the vaccine. So hopefully I didn't muddy that too much. I didn't muddy the water. But the point I'm trying to make is the data should not be suppressed by the government, by the pharmaceutical companies, by the social media, who are all probably allegedly entangled and in it for money. The data should be readily and easily available for anyone who wants to read it. Add on top of that, if you're going to mandate a vaccine, I believe liability protection should be removed because that's fucking rude. You're going to force people to take a vaccine. If something happens to them, they literally cannot do anything about it. Their family can't do anything about it. And it's probably going to get lost in the dust or labeled a QAnon conspiracy. Um, I know there are some famous people out there that died recently. And some people believe that they died because of the vaccine. I don't happen to be a part of that group. Um, but, but, you know, they're valued to their own crazy opinions. Also, there is an ethical and legal responsibility, in my opinion, and a moral responsibility that is placed on the shoulders of the people that are mandating something to inform of potential risks and benefits. That's it. I think it's a very, very normal method of thinking. I think it's logical. I think it's completely 110% necessary, and I think it's 110% not unrealistic, but, you know... Robert Malone got banned off Twitter. Whatever. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. So yeah, uh, Biden admin said there's no federal solution for COVID. While, and he's, uh, it seems like he just wants to leave it up to the states, as it should. But he's lying. Because his administration is also actively blocking monoclonal antibodies. Um, that just so happened to be used more in red states. Like Florida. Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. I'm pretty sure those are uh, North Carolina and South Carolina are red states. So the places that are using monoclonal antibodies more than others as an effective, proven, also readily available, highly accessible, inexpensive treatment for COVID, it's, it has like an 85% uh, success rate in keeping people from, I believe, either getting permanent damage or dying. Um, I'd have to look into that more. Anyway... How crazy of Biden to be like, yeah, there's no federal solution, uh, whatever, I guess we'll just leave it up to the states, but then actively block and regulate the number of monoclonal antibodies that are going to certain states. And just coincidentally, and allegedly, um, certain red states that are using it more. Whatever. No federal solution. How crazy is that? Um... You know, I really want to get into Robert Malone and everything that's happened with Robert Malone. Um, but I'm going to save that for last, I think. So, let's see. I'm going to look at my notes, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I guess there's only a couple things to talk about. So, I guess what we'll talk about, Robert Malone. So, if you guys don't know, Robert Malone is the original, the person who originally... I'm trying to think. So in the past, I fell, f I fell for this also. Uh, people were 
misleading their audiences by saying Robert Malone is the inventor of mRNA vaccine technology. It's a little bit misleading. Robert Malone is not the technical inventor of the mRNA vaccine technology, but he is the original inventor of the original nine patents for the mRNA vaccine technology. He submitted those patents, and I believe they got approved in 1985. That's what what my... uh, my research has shown me. Um, he got banned from Twitter. So in the past, he showed up on the Jimmy Dore podcast. He said some really, really, really important things. I held that episode as the most important pandemic topic and discussed podcast that had come out this far. He recently went on Joe Rogan. Uh, just happened to coincidentally be a couple of days after he got banned from Twitter. Joe addressed this and said uh, they planned this before. But Robert Malone was banned from Twitter. Um, there's no definitive proof, and there never is. Uh, it's the same with YouTube. Like when I got my very first um, video camera podcast episode deleted from YouTube and copyright, uh, I mean, uh, removed, whatever. They don't tell you exactly, exactly what you said or what you did or what you showed or what you shared that got you banned. But they kind of give you a a brief explanation. Um, when it comes to podcasts though, you know, I have an hour long episode and you're going to tell me, oh, it was misinformation on the 2020 presidential campaign. I'm like, okay, well I talked about it a couple times or I didn't talk about it, whatever. So Robert Malone doesn't know, um, exactly what, what it is that got him removed from Twitter, but this sparked the discussion about, uh, between me and my friend and also on the internet on whether or not misinformation should be removed from the internet and first of all here's my opinion on this i i took notes on this uh before i get too deep into it i've shared some important clips from that joe rogan um robert malone episode i've i've done it in the form of video and also in um text form like i i typed it out listening to what he was saying. So you should check those out on all of the Zen Independently Minded social media pages. Just type in the page name, Zen Independently Minded, then type in Robert Malone. You'll find the videos and the things that I typed out. Statements that he's made that I think are really important and I think are statistically true when looking at the unskewed, unbiased data. This is my opinion on any social media that's that bans um, or censors someone that talks about something. Unless they're actually planning on committing a crime, or they are committing a crime, like sending death threats, doxing people, they should not be suppressed, they should not be banned, they should not be deplatformed. And the terms of service argument is invalid for these social media sites, because these social media platforms... Yes, they're a private entity, and they have terms of services, but the terms of services and the the word private entity cannot be used as a defense when the tool and the service that you are offering is public discourse and discussions and conversations. That's when the terms of service is voided. The the terms of service is not voided, but the private argument, oh, they're a private entity, private corporation, private company, they have the ability, and they have the power to ban someone. Not really, though. 
not when you are providing a public tool for discourse, discussions, and conversation, and communication. So, that all being said, um, misinformation is deadly. Absolutely. It's deadly pertaining to any topic. But, like I said in the past, you shouldn't and you can't rely on big groups or committees or other people to for your for your information you need to do your own due diligence that's that's how you know that you're being as unbiased and you're not being an echo chamber that's the best that's you're giving yourself the best chance really you need to do your due diligence because a lot of what you so youtube announced that they're banning um anybody that they're just they're banning people that spread vaccine misinformation that's actually a disguise for banning anybody that promotes vaccine hesitancy like i've said in the past vaccine hesitancy isn't inherently bad it's not a bad thing to be hesitant about something that you want to know information more information on unfortunately vaccine hesitancy is shamed by people like by prominent media figures and by just normal people um you know, Keith Olbermann, he was mocking people who are vaccine hesitant. Um, Rachel Maddow in the beginning defended people who are vaccine hesitant when when Trump was president. And then when Biden became president, she was like, it's fucking safe. Take it, you pussies. Uh, people naturally are going to be hesitant and they're going to want to look at the government's track record, guys. Do you blame people for being hesitant? On anything that the government reports. Um, yeah. People people have the right to be hesitant. And they have the right to. Without being shamed. Without being judged. Without losing their jobs. Without relationships being severed. They should have the right to look into. And question something. Before deciding whether or not they're going to take it. Or have their kids take it. So YouTube is pretending they're, they're banning vaccine mis misinformation. But they're actually banning vaccine hesitancy. That's a fact. Suck my fucking dick YouTube eat my ass what i wanted to talk about um that is being banned and labeled as misinformation or misleading or disinformation not all of it but a lot of it is either one not misinformation two it's too early to label it misinformation because there are no long when people say oh the long-term studies show this there's no fucking long-term studies bro the vaccine just came out <laughs> like when did it come out? When was the vaccine readily available? I want to say a little over a year ago, right? Not even. It hasn't even been out for a year. There are no long-term studies for children or for regular adults. So you can't label it misinformation to be like, oh, this is, you know, myocarditis. It's prevalent in young people and something like 27 times more possible for a young male under the age of 24, I think. I think there is an, a, an, a super amplified and and a bigger risk for young males that are, I think, um, under the ages of 24. 24 and under. They have a higher chance of getting myocarditis, which is a big deal. Not all myocarditis is permanent, but the that's when you get into informed consent. Being able to know that these things have risks, you can look into, oh, hey, you know... I am a male. I am young. I am relatively healthy. This is 
the percentage or this is the chance this is the the statistic the statistics show that this is these are my chances of getting myocarditis or blood clots or inflammation of whatever that's what informed consent is you looking at the statistics doing your due diligence to make sure that you're not getting misinformed and you're not being lied to and you're not being misled and then deciding whether or not the vaccine or any product or service or medical instrument is for you so if things are being labeled misinformation when they're either one not misinformation two too early to label misinformation or things that are labeled conspiracy theories or misinformation too early that in fact were not misinformation or conspiracy theories like vaccine mandates mask mandates the lab leak all of those things got shut down suppressed deleted deplatformed in the beginning ended up being there are vaccine mandates there are mask mandates not saying whether or not they're bad oh well mask mandates not saying whether or not that's bad vaccine mandates really go back to the previous 54 minutes uh, that i've been talking and every other episode i've talked about this in the past things that were being labeled things too early or wrongfully they end up backtracking so it is too risky to label something as misinformation and deplatform it for one like i said you can't use the term of ser- terms of service and the private entity argument. I've debunked that. You can't label it misinformation too early when there are no long-term studies. You can't label it m- misinformation when it's not misinformation. And you shouldn't label it misinformation or conspiracy theory when, in fact, it isn't. Or maybe it was thought to be. Sometimes people are wrong. I'm wrong all the time. I give scientists and doctors, I've given them the benefit of the doubt and I still continue to because... They're learning about this virus just as much as us. It's new to them just as much as it is to us. Unless you ask some crazy person, they'd be like, oh no, they created COVID in 1942 when Obama was the president of the Congo and he was born in Hawaii and his name was Barry or whatever the fuck. Um, I'm trying to wrap up this point and I'm trying not to, to incoherently rant too much. But that all being said, it's too risky and it is a violation of I, I've heard this argument and I have to look into it more and I have to think about it more of there but that there needs to be an internet bill of rights. The only the main problems with that are there is not a committee or a group of people or one person that I trust to create that internet bill of rights. And also, until that happens, if we ever do get an internet bill of rights, because the constitution is a bit old, if you haven't noticed. The internet was not around or even conceived of back in the 1700s when the Constitution was written. Um, The Bill of Rights could expand and it could be a guideline. The Internet Bill of Rights could be a guideline on what what is freedom of information, um, what is fair use, what is deemed as misinformation, blah, blah, blah. I'm not quite too sure if I endorse that yet, but until then, the regular Bill of Rights does, uh, uh, will do, in my opinion. But... To wrap up this point, no social media platform should be allowed to deplatform or ban anybody unless they're actually committing a crime or they're actually planning to commit a crime. It is your individual duty to inform yourself and do your due diligence. And, like I said, it's too dangerous and too risky to label something as misinformation if it's not if it's too early to, or if it was conceived as misinformation in the past and is not actually misinformation. 
So that's why I don't think anybody should be deplatformed for vaccine misinformation, vaccine hesitancy. If there's something that has enough data, though, to back up, like someone says, oh, they're tracking you, and the data or studies or discussions have proven that they're not actually tracking you with the vaccine itself, maybe allegedly with the vaccine passport and the digital COVID certificate, then yes, that is when it's safe to say misinformation. If there are zero cases of something happening, um, or there's a very one, there's a one-off case of someone growing a third leg, yes, that's when it's safe to label it as misinformation. But vaccine hesitancy is not misinformation, and it sh- therefore it should not be deplatformed, should not be suppressed, should not be banned. As far as that goes, I looking at my notes, that's everything that I wanted to talk about. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed the skits. I'm going to put those, like I said, on YouTube. Shorts. I'm going to make YouTube shorts, and I'm going to put them on TikTok. I hope I didn't too make the rant and the podcast too incoherent. I hope that I accurately represented my views and my ideology. Sometimes I listen to these episodes, or sometimes my fiance or my buddy Hector will listen, and they'll give me feedback, and I'll be like, oh, shit. Um, you know, I didn't actually represent my my views the right way i didn't you know i didn't paint it in the right light or i said something wrong that's called being a human that's what i get for making an unfiltered and unedited podcast um that all being said stay tuned guys follow me on twitter follow me on facebook instagram um soon to be tiktok i'm going to be sharing details on the patreon as soon as i create it and uh the details that are that are going to come with possibly being a member if you want to as always Please continue to share the podcast. Please continue to support it. Please continue to listen to it. And thank you. Thank you for, you know, helping me not want to quit making the podcast. Because it's not easy. Uh, like I said, I don't have a producer. I do everything on my own. The production, the the editing, the distribution, um, trying to reach out to sponsors. Well, Anchor helps me with that, but I also try to do it myself. I do it all myself, though. It's tiring, and you've seen me in the past get burnt out a few times and take breaks, but I'm back. Weekly episodes, once the UFC starts, I'm definitely going to be talking about those too. And as always, stay safe, stay away from those crazies out there. Catch you on the next episode.